Welcome to the Emotional Fortitude Podcast. How to build the emotional fortitude to win in life and in business. No fluff, just real-world results. I'm your host, Ida Marmarani, ex-Israeli Special Forces, former undercover agent, jiu-jitsu black belt, and mindset expert. Hey guys, welcome to today's podcast episode. Today, we're going to be talking a little bit about clarity and about insecurity and how most people go about trying to achieve clarity in an aroundabout manner. And they don't address the first block that's going to stop them from actually getting it. So today, we're going to talk about Ian and we're going to use him as a case study. Ian is in his 50s. He's built a lot of fairly successful businesses, but he never really broke through to the next level. And the reason for that was that he wasn't really playing his own game. He wasn't playing to win. And here's what I mean. Ian had a certain insecurity that he wasn't consciously aware of, of him wanting to prove something to a certain authority figure from his past. And what that caused was that despite Ian being so intelligent and so creative, his thoughts and his actions were never really geared towards what do I really want? They were mostly geared towards how can I prove this person wrong without him ever recognizing it. And that just drove his actions into ways that didn't truly serve him. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. It's most of the time people think that getting clarity comes from doing more journaling exercises or figuring out what you want in 10 years and all that kind of jazz from doing more things. But in reality, from what I've seen working with a lot of people is that the first step in gaining clarity is actually removing the filter of insecurity. Otherwise, insecurities will drive you. And what we're going to be talking about today is just how you can have that awareness around what insecurities might be pulling you away from what you truly want and how to make sure that you don't get pulled in that wrong direction. You think that's what you actually want to optimize for. So with that said, I want to welcome uh, my co-host, Dr. Emil Hill. You might remember him from the old Elite Foundations podcast. He'll be joining me today for this podcast. Emil, please say hi to the good people. Hey, good people. It's very good to be back. It's good to have you back, Ben. Awesome stuff. So let's get this show on the road. Um, what was the what was the result? The client result. Okay, client result for Ian. Ian, um, on, a, on a more tangible level, his company now broke through to its highest month. It's like it's this constant like up, 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 up months. Um, they're going over two hundred k profit a month, which was way beyond what he reached before. He was able to let go of one of the guys in his company who he was really afraid to let go of because he thought he had a lot of uh, power and significance, but he was actually holding Ian back from really taking the company to the next level. And he finally gained the confidence to really let him go and fire him and be like, it's going to be better without him. And most importantly, and this is what he said to me in a testimonial we recorded earlier, and it was really touching. He said, like, Ian's 50 years old. And he said that if he had never really done this work and he kept trying to fight and prove this like voice in his shoulder wrong, he would have never have felt what it was to actually be free and happy. And I think that's really the big, big thing that I would love for a lot of people to get. Like the, the tangible results in the business, that happens, that's of course, but like this part, that's, that's the real money thing. That's where it really is. Yeah, so we touched on this just before we started recording. And I suspect that a lot of people spend most, if not all of their lives uh, battling insecurities or trying to, you know, please an authority figure or prove to an authority figure or someone external to them and don't end up achieving or experiencing happiness. I think that's, I think that's almost, I don't want to say universal, but I think it's horribly, horribly common. 
Yeah. I think like to put it in a different way, I think what most people say they want, what they think they want, isn't yeah. what they truly want. It's just what they hope will resolve a certain insecurity that they feel. They can prove something wrong, like you said, like something wrong, someone wrong, whatever it may be. And what did he think, think big, he wanted? So it's not what he thought he wanted. And this is a big part of also what you're saying. It's like, I think most people, their insecurities, they're not, they're not extremely tangible. They're not able to say, this is a specific thing that I'm insecure about. And it actually drives my actions. Because once you're able to say that, usually they can start really, it loses a lot of its power. Yeah. What Ian wanted was to have a great life, a great business, being able to travel around the world and see and bring his family to him also because he has a lot of children. And that's what he wanted on a conscious level. On a subconscious level, he was never really playing his own game, like how he called it, like the free Ian game. He was never able to play that because he had this authority figure and in the testimony, he didn't want to say exactly who, so I'm going to keep this um, under wraps. But it was an authority figure from his uh, childhood that was not very nice to him and said some things that made him feel like he had to prove that he's worthy, prove that he's intelligent, prove that he's capable. So a lot of his actions and his focus and his attention, instead of focusing on what he could do to make himself really happy, he was like, how can I prove this person wrong? How can I succeed to prove him wrong? And he was working with uh, what we called a lot of uh, like dirty fuel. Like anger is very powerful and it can move a lot of things, but most times it'll move you in the wrong direction because you're not playing your own game. You're playing to prove somebody else wrong. It's a very different outcome, what you're going to achieve. Yeah. And what you, what you said there, you know, successful business, travel a lot, bring his family to him, things like that. He was doing those things. Yeah. You know, he, he had what he thought was success, happiness, proving someone wrong, but that, that wasn't bringing, I don't know, fulfillment, happiness, whatever the outcome was. So it's, yeah. it's interesting. You say people don't know what they want. It's not tangible. And even when you achieve in, in air quotes, what you think you want, nothing changes. You just move the goalposts. So there is something more fundamental, something underlying, which people are searching for or don't know, or in entrepreneur land, they just, you know, they hit their goal. Oh, I want to get a million. And now I want to get 10 million. Now I want to get a hundred million and that's infinite. And they end up yeah. never experiencing happiness. Yeah, I, I agree with that. But I also want to say that on a tangible level, he was also achieving much less than he could have. 100%. And yeah, yeah. Yeah. And th that's also a big thing to recognize. I know some people are drawn to this more to that more. But that's also a really important thing to recognize that because he, he wasn't able to, to really bring him full self into it because he was distracted. There was this voice on his shoulder that he kept trying to prove wrong instead of actually focusing on what he should be doing. Yeah. And yeah, him, even if he had been able to achieve more, it wouldn't have fixed anything. And then yeah. when you, you know, when you worked with him and removed that dark source of fuel, that dark energy, everything expanded. And I know we're going to talk about that at some point because a lot of people yeah. think that pain, anger, and whatever else is a valid fuel. And it is in certain situations for certain periods of time, but it's not necessarily, it's, it's all people know sometimes. Yeah. You know, let's dive into it right now. And I think beyond them just thinking it's a powerful fuel and all that, if they're afraid to let go of it, there's a, a fear to say, like, if I let go of my insecurities, then I won't have this chip on my shoulder. And this chip on my shoulder is what got me here. Does that sound familiar from what you've heard? I mean, exactly. That's, that's, I mean, often people won't describe it as a, a chip on their shoulder, but they'll definitely 
have a chip on their shoulder for anyone <laughs> observing externally and it'll be like okay and they'll probably know on slightly beneath the surface level but are almost terrified to acknowledge it yeah um so i like personally for me that was like going through my own kind of process of overcoming a lot of like my fears my insecurities my doubts that was i think the most terrifying thing because it really like i thought that all of the success i had until that point in life was because i had a certain insecurity but as i've spoken about in previous episodes about me quitting that one time and how i became this like ultra disciplined ultra hard person that would just push through anything and i thought that me letting go of that insecurity was just going to turn me into this like soft hippie and i wouldn't actually accomplish anything anymore in life and i remember like that was the one point where like through my process where i really put up actually a lot of resistance and i wasn't just like going into it with like this is the process i trust it i'm going to go with it yeah i had a similar experience where i was always working on dark energy stimulants uh attaching self-worth to achievement and that was the only thing which drove me but also an infinite game and only and i'm still in the process of dismantling it but when i started to separate those then happiness started to seep in contentment peace whatever you want to yeah. call it yeah i think it's a big thing and i do want to dive into this a little bit more and actually you know like maybe we do circle back to it but let's talk about something else with uh and get back to ian so where ian really was is again like he was the business was already doing well but it wasn't going through the moon and he wasn't very happy and the thing is, like you said, like he wasn't actually able to define his own goalpost because trying to prove this voice on his shoulder, this kind of like this figure that he had created out of that authority figure, like his representation of it in his own head, he could never prove him wrong. He could never gain the respect that he wanted as a child from this person. He could never gain the, you know, the level of kind of, like I say, nurturing or whatever he wanted to get to quiet this voice in his head. And because of that, like you said, he was never able to enjoy it. And I think that's a big thing. It's like when we want to prove somebody else wrong, especially when it's this, it's not a specific thing that there's a real life person that's telling us, but it's in our head. We think, oh, this is how we defeat this person who's wronged us in some way. It's just, it's not achievable because this voice in our head is not going to be defeated. And it's something important to recognize. Yeah, it's an infinite game. And there's, there's lots of infinite games in life, which people chase and never defeat and end up, you know, back what we said uh, earlier on, will never experience happiness. They'll always experience scarcity, fear, uh, scrambling to try and fill yeah. a hole, which is, which is infinite. And, and I think that's the way you're saying here. So it's so powerful because that, that fear, it, it causes people to operate in ways that they don't actually enjoy operating in. Like it causes like a lot of their, their values or their wants to shift all of a sudden, like from somebody like Ian, who like, you know, as well, personally, and for uh, everybody listening in, Ian also worked with Emil and got him amazing results back in the day. Ian's, it got a heart of gold, but even when you take somebody like that and you put this anger inside of them, they're not going to be able to bring themselves out in the best manner because they're always operating from this anger and they can't really, you know, they can't really be who they can, they can potentially be because of that. And it came out everywhere. For example, like one of the big parts in the process, I, and it's interesting because Ian and I, we barely worked on his business. It was mostly about himself, but he said in the business, everybody's just so much happier. Like everybody also just enjoys him as a boss so much more because of it. 
And it's because he's not driving them from his anger, but it's actually just like, you know, pulling them from something a bit higher. Yeah. An interesting point there as well is, you know, Ian had awareness at some point about this and that allowed him to, to work on it or to work on the fact that he wasn't happy. Something I see a lot of is entrepreneurs, especially, but, but wider than that is people aren't aware and they think that they do like this hustle this this yeah. anger this this winning whatever it is and you know what like revenue increasing or or crushing things uh you know in, in business it, it is invigorating it is intoxicating it does feel good in air quotes it's not true happiness and then when maybe there's a drop in in revenue or something else comes in you suddenly realize the fragility of the situation and things like stimulants you know excessive use of caffeine can almost uh, dampen mm. the fact that you are not happy and continue to feed this confidence, ego, essentially euphoria from, you know, building things. And actually what you're doing is you're distracting from the core, which is filling a hole, which is infinite and ultimately unhappiness. It's interesting. So, cause I know you work with a lot of people and also a lot of people that, and, uh, that take a lot of these uppers turn to you. Do you think this is a commonality? This is kind of like a warning sign that if somebody's taking a lot of uppers, caffeine pills, whatever it may be, when things are actually not going well, it's because they're trying to overcompensate for, for that feeling. Like if they see a fluctuation where they take more of these things, when things aren't going well externally, that's like a big warning sign. I mean, excessive use of uppers, including excessive use of caffeine, like days, weeks, months on end, is a sign that you are, you're living off them. You're, you're using powerful drugs, caffeine included, to force yourself to do things which aren't necessarily aligned to achieve a goal which isn't the real goal. So I think, and, and this is me, I'm talking about me, anyone who is using a shitload of stimulants, including caffeine, caffeine is a powerful, powerful drug. If you go off caffeine for two months and then drink a large Starbucks, you'll be shaking on the floor. So it's powerful. We just normalize it. Um, if you are using a lot of coffee, having more than you know three things, whatever a day, energy drinks, coffees, whatever other uh, more potent uppers, then you are probably distracting from something. Yeah. It's interesting because I want to give my perspective on it. I wouldn't say it's distracting, but it's the way I look at it, it's probably from compensating. One of the most exhausting things you can have in your life is the emotion of anger. And like holding it in and trying to act through it, it's exhausting. And I wonder what the correlation is there. That people that work a lot, a lot through like anger or insecurity and like, you know, being very protective of themselves because they're insecure or whatever it may be, it's like, that's just exhausting. And that's why they also need a lot of uppers to help them go through it. I, I mean, I'm sure that is a, a facet of it. And, and even, you know, at a lower level, they are working many, many hours per day doing shit that they don't really want to be doing to achieve an outcome which ultimately they don't really want so they're just using it to to drive the train um dark yeah. energy as you say but yeah that's an interesting yeah. point about emotions being draining and suppression of self being draining because it is every time you you know you have a, a decision as to whether to be your true self or to to put on this front this this whatever it is aggressive suppressed uh front that's that's draining that takes a, a unit of energy so if you can top it up with caffeine or whatever else then i'm in yeah. i agree so here's and a big part of like the the whole process is about removing 
So to kind of go back to Ian, what we did and how he was able to really get to the root of it, because like you said, he came because he was unhappy and he realized something was wrong and he was like, okay, I need to address this. So the first thing we did is kind of figure out, okay, like, Ian, what do you want? And he was kind of stumped. He was like, I don't know. And it's really, really weird. And it made him nervous to be able to say like, you know, I'm, I'm 50, I'm a very thoughtful individual and I can't say exactly what I want. He had a lot of things that he didn't want. He was like, I don't want this. I don't want that. I don't want to have to do that. And he was stumped. And what was interesting is that we weren't really able to establish what he wants. And we kind of moved forward with the process and we started going through his subconscious, flushing it out. And we're trying to figure out what are certain fears that he has that are driven by certain beliefs that cause certain insecurities or discomfort in his life. And that's when we really got to this kind of a authority figure from his past. And it was only when we really were able to, to flush these things out and falsify them that he was able to start thinking about what he wants. And I remember he felt like he was like, dude, like, what the hell? Like, I, I, I'm drawing a blank here. It's like, now I don't even know what I don't want because I recognize some of it is irrelevant, but I'm just, I'm drawing a complete blank here, which I thought was very, very interesting. And it's a recognition that we don't spend time thinking about what we want. We spend so much time focusing on how to resolve certain insecurities and what we hope will resolve them. And it's such a big thing. And like, if we don't first attack the insecurities, if they're a big thing, we'll never actually be able to get clear on what we want. They're going to block that. This is savagely common. I spoke to someone yesterday, again, mutually, we know them exactly the well, same he's, thing. What he's do you also want? in the program. <laughs> yeah. What do you want? <laughs> I don't know. And I think this is, this is, this, this is common. This is endemic. This is yeah. with a lot of people. But what, what happens is people say, what do I want? Oh, I want a hundred million dollar business and 50 employees, blah, blah, blah. It's distraction. It's bullshit. It's, it, it, it's, it's, so I, I'm going to challenge you there. I don't think it's distraction. I, I think if you I ask them why, 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 and you keep like going down that why route, they say, well, because that'll make me feel like I'm a success. And a lot of times it's so many times with so many, especially male entrepreneurs. Why? Cause that'll prove my father wrong yeah. because that'll prove those people wrong because it'll prove so this or that. I, I agree. And I think it's semantics here. I think, I mean, it's distracting from the main issue so that what they think they want is this, whereas actually what they want is here, but yep. they keep focusing on this and it's, it's hiding uh, this bit here and, and people just don't yeah. know where to begin. And then awareness yeah. is the first step to then be able to take action. And then people are like, okay, so I don't know what I want. How can I, wh where do I even begin? And then what you described was just start taking steps, start identifying the little, what, what did you, what word did you use? Little negatives, little. The, what are the, the fears that you have? Yeah. What are you trying to prove? Like, honestly, like a great, and this is something I'm thinking about right now, a great way to kind of put it together is to say like, what am I trying to prove? Why do I feel I need to prove something? Who do I need to prove something to? It's like what you yeah. said there, I just think it's spot on. Like most people, they say they want something, but they're actually more connected to something else. They say they want this goal or whatever it may be, but honestly, more, more often than not, they're connected to trying to avoid a certain feeling that they don't want to feel, a certain yeah. insecurity, a certain fear, a certain sense of, let's call it failure or abandonment yeah. or not being worthy or whatever it may be. And they do all these actions to try to disprove that. And they never actually focus on what they truly want. And it's such yeah. a shame. I mean, it, it's, it's savage. It's literally they will struggle to experience happiness because they're not fulfilling this core desire because they're not even aware of it slash they are distracted by something else. And the, 
the problem yeah. compounds because that distraction, more money, bigger business, is heavily validated by society, who more often than not is made up of lots of other people who are also feeding a distraction, whatever word you want to That's use. A great point. So it's yeah. this, like, forgive the phrase, circle jerk of, of people like validating for this distraction with each other saying, yeah, that's amazing. That's so good. When actually everyone is missing the real, the real deal. It's a great point. I do want to, want to say something a bit different here as well, because paradoxically, what I've seen is that letting go of these things also, like if you, if you let go of them and most people still want to achieve like the, like Ian's like his company's growing by a lot since he did this paradoxically to what you may think, it's not going to make you lazy and a hippie. And like that guy that you said you spoke to yesterday, that was one of his main fears. That was literally his words. That's why they came up to my, came up. <laughs> but it's like, it, it's exactly that. It's just, it doesn't happen. It's like, that was my fear that it would happen to me. I've seen it so often. It's just not going to happen. If you're a naturally ambitious person and you're trying to do big things, like some people, when they have that feeling, they want to get rid of it. But honestly, like just, just drinking it away even. Or just falling into procrastination, you know, watching YouTube, drugs, whatever it may be. Some people want to disprove it through ambition. So here's the reality. If that's been your natural tendency, you're not going to stop being an ambitious person all of a sudden. But you'll be able to channel that ambition in a much more productive way. Because like we said, anger is exhausting. So if you're channeling angry, angry ambition, like, yes, it will take you to a certain level. Absolutely. It absolutely will. But you can get to a whole different level faster. And like Emil keeps saying, to enjoy the ride a whole lot more. If you're able to not optimize for that, but optimize for what you actually want by overcoming this stuff. Yeah. It's swapping energy sources from this dark energy to a clean energy. And this yeah. is woo-woo, but use it as an analogy. Use it as a, a, a thought experiment. Yeah. And it's like, I can share one example of one person that I work with that we cleared his fears and then his ambition dropped. But the reality is like in his name, uh, I'm not going to say his name actually, but he works for one of my client's companies and I work with him as well. He was a CMO and it was weird because the reason I started working with him because he had a lot of ups and downs. He would perform really well and then he would just kind of like disappear and just do terrible job and several things and he was causing a lot of mess up. So I started to work with him. And what we realized was that he kept saying he had these really big audacious goals, tens of millions. And he was a very young individual. I think he was like 23. And we recognized that he had this belief that he had to make a ton of money to retire his parents right now. If, and if he doesn't do that, that means he's not a good son. And we falsified it because once we, first off, we brought it to the surface, we flushed it out. He wasn't aware that it was driving, but we brought that out. We first brought awareness to that. And then we actually stress tested it. He had conversations with his parents. He had some conversations with himself and he realized that's not what he wanted to do. And all of a sudden, when you really realize that that's not something he has to do and it shouldn't push him, it's not that his ambition dropped. It's that he was able to actually do what he wanted in life. And like now he's not the CMO of the company anymore, but he's still in the company, but he's in a different space where he's super happy. He doesn't have these ups and downs and crashes because he tries to over push himself, but it doesn't really last. because It's not what he really wants. And then he crashes. And it's like, even if that is the case, which is very rare, honestly, from what I've seen, because most of the people that I interact with are very ambitious naturally. It's like, he's in a better place. I, I guarantee you he's in a better place and it's also going to be better for him in the long run. 
to keep going at his own pace. And I was trying to push for the moon when he doesn't really want it, but he's just pulled by that insecurity that unless he does this, he's going to be a bad son to his parents. Yeah. And to add to that, to be honest, if you look at ambition in the narrow spectrum of money, then yes, you could say he lost ambition, but you could also argue that that was never, that was never ambition. That was fear. And now his ambition is, is something else. And I'm sure he has other interests in life which he's ambitious about. The other thing to consider here is he's burnt out by this lifetime of, of chasing bullshit, basically. So what yeah. might happen and what like I've pressure. personally experienced, yeah, being, pressure, exactly. like, it's exhausting. Yeah. And I'm sure he was smashing stimulants as well, because that's, that's yep. the entrepreneur way. Um, and, and with the, uh, the cycles of crashing and crashing is exhausting as well. But once yeah. you lose that, you're, you, you know, you're burnt out for a period. It can take one year, two years, five years to have ambitions in different areas and then eventually come back to the initial money ambition, whatever, maybe, maybe not, and then push that. Yeah. So there's just a rest period. It's a reset period. It's a refractory period. And, and these are the seasons of life. I don't think, you know, I, I can see where you're kind of trying not to scare people that they're going to lose their ambition, but point the ambition in the right direction and realize that things are cyclical. You can't hammer, yeah. you can't hammer it all the time forever. Yeah. It's interesting. I even think about it in a different way. I think what you're saying is true. I, I just have always thought about it in a different way. I think people, there's people have, it's called naturally different levels of ambition. Like we've all met. There's some people that are, are more satisfied with level X. Some people want X 20. And even when you do remove, let's call it all the insecurities, all the doubts, it's just what they want. It's just what they think is fun. Like that's the game that's really fun to them to build something really, really huge. Like Scott, that's one Scott's a person like that. The more you remove from him, the more he's able to just enjoy that and like play really, really big. And I think that's a big thing that that doesn't go away. And it's the opposite. Like how you're saying about this affects other things. If you are being driven by ambition, but sorry, by anger, that's going to affect how you are in your relationships outside of business, in your relationship with yourself, everything and anything. And like that employee, he was also starting to really have a hard time. He was engaged with his fiance because he was trying, he was being driven by fears and doing what he didn't actually want to do, but what he felt pressured that he needed to do in order to be a good son and just created bad ripples everywhere. And I think it's so important to understand, are you actually working from a place of this is what I truly want? Or are you feeling this kind of pressure? to avoid a certain feeling that you don't want to feel this insecurity, this fear, and you're optimizing for that without knowing it. Because if you're doing the latter, it is going to be very difficult for you to succeed. And I mean that on an internal level, you might be able to get to a certain level externally with a certain amount of money or whatever it may be. But if that's what's going on internally, it's going to be extremely difficult for you to ever be happy. It's to achieve a sense of calm and like what you really, really want freedom or whatever it may be to you. Yeah. And a, and a misalignment in one area, i.e. running on anger in business, 100% yeah. carries into other areas and manifests ultimately as not experiencing happiness, even though you feel you should, because you're hitting arbitrary goals, which you've set. Yeah. So I'm going to kind of wrap this up. The main process that I want to share that work with Ian and that could work for you first, if you find you're having a hard time getting clarity on what you really want, stop trying to journal about it. Stop trying to use more tools to get clear on what you want and doing all these like five-year, 10-year exercises. Stop that. 
work from subtraction and say, okay, first off, let me remove what could be blocking me. Let me address that first. So first off, address and really think what could be the primary one to three insecurities that are pulling me away from what I could possibly want because I'm truly trying to optimize for them. Is there something I'm trying to prove? Is there someone I'm trying to prove to? What's going on there? What am I afraid of that if I don't do this, I'll have a consequence that will be very terrible for me, that I won't like how I feel there. And if you can figure out those one to three things, like Hamil said, that's the first step. I think it's beyond the first step because just that awareness is half the battle. It's a lot of times like in the horror movies where they don't show you the monster until almost the very end because once you actually see it, it has so much less power and so much less impact on you. It's the exact same thing here. So if you can really put aside the, all the journaling tactics about clarity and just figure this stuff out first and get clear on what are your top one to three insecurities that compel you and pull you to behave in ways that don't actually serve you, you can go so far so much quicker. Yeah. Mike Anything drop. to add? No. Beautiful. All right. So I hope this helped. And again, big thanks to Ian for also doing a really great testimony the other day and sharing all these details in his process and for just being an awesome person. All right, guys, we will see you on the next episode. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Thank you for listening to the Emotional Fortitude Podcast. Please tell a friend if you enjoyed it and found value in it. Three last things before you go, though. If you feel like someone else with your exact skill set and abilities could be accomplishing more than you currently are, that's a mindset and emotional access issue. And here are three ways I'd love to help you conquer any internal limitations, go big, and win. One, three quick ideas Tuesday newsletter. It's a weekly email with three quick ideas around one aspect of elite performance and how to approach it differently to get better and faster results. People say it's the most thought-provoking and impactful two minutes they spend in their inbox each week. It's easy to sign up to and easy to cancel, and you can sign up at edamumryan.com slash three ideas. Two is the Emotional Fortitude Micro Course. It will help you build the emotional fortitude and conflict tackle any goal. It's the complete, nothing held back, emotional fortitude system in five simple parts. It's all under five minutes each module. See it, use it, and win. And it's completely free at edamumryan.com slash course. And number three, lastly, if you want to dive in and aggressively level up, the Arena Mindset Accelerator might be for you. It's a six-week intense sprint for entrepreneurs who are up for a dramatic transformation. It's an interactive live program where you'll be working with me in a very hands-on way to get clarity on what you want, build an effective mindset to optimize for your goals, and establish elite emotional fortitude that would allow you to overcome any fear or doubt that could get in your way. You can learn more at itamarmorani.com slash accelerator. You can find all of these links in the show notes below or go to itamarmorani.com and have a look around. Until next time, who dares wins. <laughs>